Okay, I decided I'm gonna start doing updates. It's just gonna be easier than answering emails. I tried to, um, I've taken a break from emails and that for a while, just so I can kind of get used to uh, um, everything, medication and that. I start the third medication is supposed to be ready and it's being shipped by the pharmaceutical company as we speak. So pharmacy manager contacted me yesterday and uh, said that it had been shipped and that they should receive it um, with tomorrow. So uh, I have mixed feelings really about it. Um, we we're trying to talk to have it shipped to the house, but the problem is it's a scheduled two drug. So um, for people who understand how scheduled drugs work, um, starts schedule one, which is the most strict and then it kind of goes two, three, four, five. So um, this is a really um, valid reason why it was really hard to get the drug. It's also a black box drug. Um, so there was a lot of paperwork um, on my specialist end um, and their hospital specialist in oncology and um, surgeons and that. It was really a collaboration, I want to save everybody and um, with disability and that, and to um, get an agreement and find a pharmacy, which unfortunately is out of state, but um, we gotta do what we gotta do. People are asking, is there somebody else that um, could pick it up? Could anybody pick it up? And the thing is, is because of the type of drug it is, the stipulations are very strict. Um, it has to be somebody that can prove that they live in residency, live with you if they're picking it up for you. Um, we're looking into having it shipped, but I don't think it's gonna be able to be shipped. Um, it's a daily medication, so I'm on it here on out. I'm thinking probably just because of where it falls under a scheduled drug, they're probably not gonna be able to ship it. I could be wrong, but I have someone looking into that, but right now it's looking pretty uh, high end of probably not going to be able to get shipped. So Eric has to provide identification um, when it gets picked up, everything kind of uh, paperwork and stuff goes back and forth between the doctors. Doctors are licensed. Um, they're licensed within the state too, where the drug's being um, shipped to, the pharmacy. And um, he has to bring proof of residency. So it's it's. It's very, very strict. So it's not something that anybody can play around with. Um, you know, if you mess around with the drug, something like that, that's a, <laughs> just to tell Eric, you know, it's, uh, it's a huge responsibility. It has to be somebody to live in a residence, um, one residency or the other, they're gonna have to live with you in order to pick it up on your behalf. Um, there's other things to it I'm not gonna get into, but it, you know, It's a medical necessary drug, so it's just taken us, um, it's taken like five weeks to get a hold of this, but this is it. So um, with the other medications and stuff, everything's kind of working together. Some things aren't doing their job, um, coming off of some things, and then, you know, this is in its own separate thing, let's just say. But, um, in general, I've been sleeping a lot, which is normal. Um, I've been sleeping a lot. There's no uh, rhyme or reason 
I uh, basically now just make the best of what I have. I've been pretty much homebound still. Um, I thought maybe I'd like, get some good moments or whatever. When I do, it's like just walking around and that, um, doing things just to keep busy. I always say making the best of what you got. And then um, start feeling real sick, just uh, overall feeling sick. And then the pain hits. So um, kind of acceptance, you know? It's like this time it's not a joke, you know? I think every other time people have this, um, and it's true, I've jumped through a lot of hurdles. I've made through a lot of hurdles, and I've always been able to beat the odds. But, you know, eventually you can only beat the odds so many times. I think it's hard for people to understand that everybody gets to the point where you're not going to beat those odds. You're not going to be this um, more than human character. I don't know, some people I perceive me into like Superwoman or Wonder Woman, and this is not the situation now. The forgetfulness and things like that mentally, um, it's just part of internal things going on. A little bit of I was told is medication, although mostly it's just physical things going on. Not really hungry. Um, finding things to kind of just more high calorie to kind of force to eat right now. Um, you, know, you go through changes. It's like you start not looking like yourself. I mean, um, that's just part of life. You know what I mean? It's just acceptance. As part of therapy is uh, transition, you know, changes. But um, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings um, with the road that I'm on. I'll remove audio sometimes too. Um, I'm having a hard time expressing myself. I'm having a hard time still being okay in my emotions. And I think a lot of it, which I agree with trauma therapists, is because you've been so bottled up and threatened and people have literally done things that are not normal is what they use, not normal. Um, and it's made me to where it's hard for me to be okay expressing myself, be okay with my emotions. I think it's just, it's been so easy to just bottle it up because every time I felt free to do it, I was um, by the same people. A lot of things happen, a lot. I don't know if I'll ever get to that point of discussing it because I'm just at the point where um, I'm focused in different direction now and um, just doing the best what I got. And you know, when you're thought, you know, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and you make all these plans, and mentally you feel you're gonna, you know, I wanna do this and that, but physically you can't. It's like your mind's fighting with your body. Um, I've had that happen before, but every time I've gotten this sick, I mean, let's just face it, people have followed my journey. I've been, by the grace of God, given a surgery, you know, multiple surgeries. Um, I've been given experimental drugs. I've been given oncology treatments. Um, I was always saved. Um, when you get to the point you run out of, um, I'll say with my cats, we run out of nine lives. <laughs> you run out of the nine lives, you know? Um, I knew I was hitting that point 
with uh, my last and current oncology group and specialists, I knew I was at that point not going to be able to save and get out of it this time. It's just not because things are just spiraling. Um, and that's to the point you just, their job is to make me comfortable and to not deal with the pain. And um, there's a lot of things when it evolves, just like with men with prostate cancer, you start evolving chemicals and hormones. There's a lot of things you feel that are downright scary. They're extremely uncomfortable. Um, I don't need to get into it. I'm sure some people understand where I'm coming from. But uh, I've not been able to get out of the house. I've not been able to drive. And um, I don't know. Will I be able to drive again? I don't know. These are questions, as I was told, is, is um, let's not worry about that right now. Let's just worry about getting to the point where we need to go right now. So um, I don't know. It's just really how my body responds. And uh, I just know here on out, it's just as I was told, it's going to get worse from here. Um, the pain is uh, how much worse and how quickly is it going to get worse with the pain. That's really hard for anybody and nobody's going to be able to tell me that and I was told that but I can go by how I feel. And for someone who has a high tolerance of pain, um, like I say once again, it speaks volumes. I may just delete this audio again. It's really hard for me to process. Um, I feel like if I cry, I'm weak. And um, I don't know where I'm getting that. I don't know if it's something instilled in me and in, into me growing up. Um, I don't know if it comes from my dad being military. My dad's not one to cry. I don't know if that's old school military. They instilled it into the young men in military. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm still having problems with. Uh, the ability to show the other side of emotion. And, um, I may find myself deleting a lot of audios, um, which may come off odd to some people, but um, I've bottled a lot of emotion um, and things I've gone through in my life and um, not addressed things, which is not healthy. And I would highly discourage anyone to do that and to nip it in the butt if you're like that yourself, to be able to free yourself and to feel and to do it sooner than later, you know? So once again, I'll say this audio is for me and those um, respectfully that listen to podcasts and part of care and things like that or friends. They're keeping track of everything, but uh, it may stay and it may not. But I got, um, I got some canvas and I got that um, a couple weeks ago. Just never got around to things. Um, like I said, I don't, it's just hit out of nowhere. Um, when I was able to get out of the house last, which was a couple weeks ago, um, started feeling sick just walking around a store. Um, overall, really sick. So it wasn't normal. And uh, I kind of already knew what I was dealing with, but I didn't think things were just going to, one day you're out and you're able to do things and that, and although feeling a certain way, and the next day it just, um, you pay for going out and you feel worse. Um, 
used to be like the more activity I felt like I did, the better I felt. Now it's the more activity I do, the worse I feel. But it's just trying to make sense of um, changes internally. And like I was already warned that uh, we're going to get to the point where things are going to progress and you have to, you know, we have to understand and face it. I have to face it. The doctors have to help me. So I'm in good hands of good care. I'll say once again, my support is not normal. Um, it is not normal what my support system is going to look like in this part of my life. It's not normal because it's not normal at all. Um, a lot in my mind, I feel it's not fair. Um, I feel I should have this projected image. I'll say once again of what support should be, and it's not anywhere close. I don't think it's fair. Um, I'm allowed to feel that way, and it's not fair to me at all. But I can't change that, and I can only just try my best to work through how I feel about that and move forward. Um, my support system is coming from different ways and means. Um, in each day, sometimes a different part of support network is present or enters, or there's new types of support to get me through things. Um, Eric is not well-versed. Um, Eric um, has a hard time with... Um, I don't think he was around enough people sick. I think sheltering your kids their whole life um, up till they're 18 um, is not a good idea. Um, with his son, I didn't want him to see me sick going through oncology treatments, and the reason is because it took away from him growing up and doing things as a young boy. But if he was my son, my legitimate son, my biological son, uh, he wouldn't have been shielded from things. Um, because when you do that with kids, and they grow up to be adolescents and teenagers and adults, and then they come face to face with someone who's sick, um, they have to get therapy themselves to maneuver through of how to care for someone. And that's where it's at with Eric. He's got his own source, an avenue and journey to f maneuver through. Um, and although we've gone through our indifferences and he has his own struggles and things he goes through and everybody does in life, um, I watch him. And I've watched him struggle with how do you care for someone when you've not been around it. And your parents have sheltered, sheltered you from it and shielded you from being around a normal part of life, is, which is people that are sick and people at the end of the journey. And it's now is where I see things is that it's not okay. That's a disservice. You shouldn't do that as a parent or parents. You can't shield like that because it puts them, you know, a son or daughter when they get older in a situation if they're caring for someone or married or engaged or boyfriend girlfriend or whatnot or heaven forbid even you as a parent if you shield that their whole life how the hell are they supposed to know that compassion how are they supposed to know what to do in situations um it was suggested that eric take a day um one day out of the week even a couple hours to volunteer at a hospice um facility to read a book or there's things volunteers can do so he can learn and understand, you know, um, gain 
compassion needed. I'm not saying compassion as a whole, but compassion for people that are sick because he doesn't understand a grasp. He's being guided by people that are explaining and showing him what he needs to do. That's a good thing, but really in reality, if he wasn't shielded from that, we can't shield our kids from that. You're doing a disservice, period. They gotta be able to be around them. I've been around loved ones very sick. I've been around loved ones in the process of the end of the journey. I've been around loved ones dying and at the end of their life holding their hand last breath. Um, I've seen all stages. Um, and that's what you should do as parents or a parent is you have to allow your child or children to see that and experience that. Even as 18 adults, you have to. Um, because you learn compassion for people that are sick by that experience. If you don't do that, it's a disservice. Please don't do that. Please. Because you end up with confused child or children. Um, and then they're put in a situation and um, things get worse and um, they have to find an avenue and figure it out and learn when it's happening. Um, things could have been easier for Eric to understand if he wasn't sheltered from people that were sick. I'll leave it there. Um, you can't change your past, but that's a disservice. That's for me being on the end of being sick, that's not okay. Uh, it's not acceptable. You have to uh, allow your child and children to experience and be around people who are sick. Um, it allows them to build the compassion for people that are ill, you know? There's different types of compassion people have and different types of compassion you need in life. Um, you can be compassionate about something, this, compassionate about that, but maybe not on this situation because maybe this is foreign to you. That's where I'm going with it. But um, he and Eric have our indifferences in that. Um, but like I said, my support is unique and it's different. And different people in different sectors of what I'm going through and um, make up a very unique support group here on out for me. It's not normal. It should look completely different. Um, am I angry about that? I'm damn right angry. I'm damn angry as hell. Um, I have cried a lot. I've been upset a lot. I am so damn angry. And I'm, around, I'm allowed to feel angry because my support should be different. I know people have been there. I was there for someone who had a cancer surgery. I know what it's like to be there for somebody. Um, for whatever reason, people chose not to be and uh, continue to be like that. That's not normal, and I'm, I'm allowed to be damn mad about it. Um, it's changed how I feel about when you take your last breath, I don't want to be surrounded by people. I don't want to be around anybody. And the reason I say that is because of um, honestly hurt and um, people that just left me when they should have been there unconditionally supporting and unconditionally loving me and they left me. Um, at a therapist term, that's called abandonment. And uh, it's made me to where I feel like I do. Is it okay to just want to be surrounded by my animals? Um, animals have always taken place of what people have not 
fulfilled, which is being there unconditionally for me. And animals still love you unconditionally, they always will. Um, I would ask, is that okay to feel that way? Um, not just through trauma therapy therapists, but um, one of my specialists. And they said, absolutely, that's okay. Um, you're entitled and you're not the first to ask that question. It's kind of amazing how many other people <clears throat> that probably ask the same question and run it past themselves. Is it okay to be surrounded by their pets, their family, their family, their loved ones, and not want to be around people? I was told that's perfectly fine. Um, to have people step out of the room um, so you can pass peacefully surrounded the way that I want to be surrounded. Um, that's how I see it. I don't see it any other way. Um, is it normal to normal people? Normal people know it's not. In, in a normal world, um, mine's not going to be normal. I'll leave it at that. Um, I'll get past the anger real quick. Um, and that's still with therapy still twice, three times a week, continue on that just with this new part of life to understand and allow myself to be damn angry about it. Um, I feel like I got cheated because I was there for people. Um, cancer surgery, another person, elective surgery. Um, and although they were there for me during surgeries too, um, this is a whole nother level. This is a whole different situation. Um, you know, I was um, there for loved ones, my grandparents, my aunt. Um, you know, and they couldn't go any further. And in my mind, I think, you know, they're, they're going to be there for me just in a different way. Um, they're just not physically, but I know, you know. But these are things you have to look at. Um, I'm not going to get out of it this time. I'm not going to have a miraculous miracle. I'm not going to pull another Wonder Woman and Superwoman. Um, and my specialist made it very clear, we're not miracle workers and this is getting, um, it's, it, things are getting, they're advancing and things are getting bad and I knew that, that's why I'm feeling so sick, just walking in a store, you feel sick. I did my best to physically go back to work and do things and to be an entrepreneur and do what I love to do, um, but I realized traveling and things and that were making me feel sick, now I know why. Um, things grow back. Um, it's expected. So um, I've continued working with the podcast and um, just creating content and that for TikTok and businesses connected. Um, but that's going to get to the point where I'm going to slow down. Um, podcast, I'll probably continue because I just think it's an important part of my story. Um, you know, and uh, all good stories have inspiring endings, right? You know, they're really good ones. But I'll continue podcasting. 
um, daily if I can. Sometimes if I'm just not up to talking, I'll just type it, have a voiceover, do it. Um, maybe just something inspiring or whatnot. Um, I don't know. Um, crying's not me. Um, I think I scared myself of crying and listening to my own audio get upset. I felt that I had a weak moment. And I know to most people that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but this is the reason I'm in therapy, is because when you're shut down by people to not feel and have a, a right to express how you feel and to feel in general, um, it's a damning thing because you start literally after a while of being around that and being forced to not feel and shut down as you start realizing you begin to do it yourself and you realize you literally are scared to feel. Um, I'm just not comfortable. I don't know if that'll change or not. I try to focus um, elsewhere right now. I don't have desire, time, or energy. Um, definitely not to argue with people. Um, if I sense um, something off with somebody or whatnot. Um, even with Eric, if he's around me and I sense this feeling off of him or he's going to be in his head or whatever, um, he's just asked to just remove himself and not be around me. Um, it's not a question of can you, it's, that has to happen. Um, I'm always say you cultivate good and positive energy and you surround yourself when you do that. Um, I'm not going to at this point in my life have anything negative or anyone negative. Um, it's got to be all positive from here. Um, it's what I demand and also it's what I finally um, damn right deserve. I'm not going to accept anything less. So tomorrow, Eric will pick up the medication, um, drive out of state and get it, and um, probably start the next day. Um, I have to start it within two days. So. Um, I don't know if I was supposed to be prepared. I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. Um, this is like uncharted territory, like uncharted waters. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I know I've been connecting with other people that are on similar journeys. Um, ironically, all three of us, we're all women. Um, and we're all in three different stages, which is really fascinating. Um, one of the women I connected with she is in a position now of a possibility of a cancer treatment out of state, of course. Um, they're willing to see her, but can't promise her anything because, excuse me, last treatments that she went through didn't work. Um, she's also um, going to be visiting a hospital. Um, if it's not a promise or anything, which, you know, I don't know. Everybody's different, you know? There could be something in her situation that is new or in clinical trial that may be possible. And, you know, she doesn't know, her husband doesn't know, the doctors don't know, only the Cancer uh, Institute will know when she gets there. Um, and they also wanted to make sure that she connects with um, palliative care and hospice um, into pain management and things to be comfortable. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's basically where I'm at is when they can't do any more, 
make sure when the pain gets real bad that you're comfortable. That's where I'm at, comfortable. Um, you can choose hospice, you can choose a hospital, um, doctor, specialist, oncologist, um, everybody kind of connects. Um, but that's where she's at. She already um, had an appointment, so she knows what she's facing, which I think it's really wise to be proactive and to know, you know, what's ahead the best you can. Of course, everything is nothing set in stone and, you know, nobody can predict anything, not even the best hospital or doctor in the world, you know. Most of this is probably going by how the patient feels and what they see on imaging. That's the truth. Um, so whether they have an option for her through this new Cancer Institute or if not, then um, she's going to be where me and the other person I've connected with, um, also a woman, going through her journey, um, she's going to be where we're at. Um, so she has, um, I wouldn't say options, it's really up to what the Cancer Institute has to say. And um, then of course because pain gets worse so gradually or sometimes like in my situation the pain just took off like wildfire um could i have pushed myself going back to work thinking mentally um you know wonder woman whatever i i may have damned myself I'm not gonna lie so that's where she's at with things and then another um woman i connected with i consider her really um, close connection to me uh, started um, a higher scheduled drug to help with the pain. Um, I was gonna say it's the same thing I'm starting um, this week and um, she chronicles things and documents with her husband. Amazing, amazing, amazing man. She calls him her shining, knight in shining armor, amazing man. Um, she's having a hard time adjusting to the medication and uh, sometimes it could be really harsh. Um, so I kind of see, but I know I'm not facing the exact same way because everybody responds differently and I've been told that. Um, you're educated on the medicine of what I'm gonna be on. You go through all the legwork with it. This is not something you just, somebody's gonna, <laughs> yeah, somebody's gonna prescribe a black box drugs schedule two are not something that pharmacies will carry and a lot of them will not um, at home basis um, they will not front or pay um, I'm just going to say in Indiana there was not one pharmacy that a specialist oncologist could find that would be willing to even think of uh, contacting manufacturer to have it ordered um, Indiana's very weird um, I don't think that's right. Do I think it's fair? No. Um, I think people need to understand that. Um, are we supposed to be cruel as humans to each other and make each other suffer? I understand that there are people who abuse and misuse any prescription, okay? But we shouldn't condemn and condone people who really, really need it, who have real, real, really bad pain. Um, it wasn't a mere coincidence that none of my specialists could find any pharmacy in Indiana um, but Kentucky, Ohio, and Michigan surrounding areas wasn't the same issue. I think Indiana has a big, a big problem. Um, that's a big problem. Don't make cancer patients suffer, Indiana. 
Hoosier State. Um, quit being condemning people who need the drugs because some people misuse and abuse. Don't condone everyone. Don't put everybody in that square box. Um, it's not okay. I think there really needs to be some swift government changes in Indiana and the state as a whole um, because it wasn't just one location, it was multiple locations in cities and um, even going far outside over two, three hours away. Um, not acceptable. Um, that I'm hurt, Indiana's a tough state. Some people say a very weird state when it comes to compassionate care, palliative care. Um, in my personal opinion, you don't want to be terminal and be in pain in the state of Indiana. Um, pray to God that you have doctors and oncologists that are licensed in multiple states, and unfortunately I do, um, and their practices are in multiple states because uh, if not, you're going to be shopping around and haven't got a state unless you plan on um, suffering the whole way. Um, it's just a little bit of what I could say um, of what I experienced. Um, yeah. But she uh, actually talking about her, she actually started the medication. Um, and uh, she doesn't live in the United States. So um, out of the country, it's done a little bit different. Um, but uh, trying to adjust things, you know? And um, connecting on her last update, she had a couple days ago, looked like um, still struggling a little bit with it, but. You know, I don't expect me to just walk on in into a medicine like that and everything be okay and not. Um, it could hit me hard or it could hit me not at all. You know, and the scariest part is I think is if this doesn't hit me at all, because there's a serious um, issue. Then, as I was told, with how I'm absorbing things, which is just um, GI issues have always been there. Um, then we jump into a. Um, we're definitely jumping to a surgical pain pump, which would be done in, uh, within a month. So cross our fingers, try this first. Probably went way over in a 34-minute podcast. Um, I didn't realize it. It's just like I said, I do this podcast for myself. But um, I'm home, you know? Um, You make the best of what you got, you know? Um, therapy and um, tinkering and different things, crafts, um, and now painting. I'm looking forward to that. I'm just looking forward to doing um, two large canvas prints of just taking the colors and just closing my eyes and literally how I feel with each color through the paintbrush and just allowing it to go. That's really what I'm going to do. No rhyme or reason. You know, I know what's involved behind the brush and the colors. Um, it's for me to express myself and through art and through paint, you know? So I'm going to try. I wanted to do it yesterday, but I slept most of the day and so out of it. And um, a lot of things, um, you know, Eric's doing the best he can, and he admits he's been sheltered, is a good word he uses, from people that are sick. Um, his parents did that, and uh, he believes now that's not, shouldn't have been that way. Um, nobody's disagreed with that, 
but um, he has the sources and the help, and it's been a learning process, and we'll have that the whole way. Um, you know, we're in a different, you know, relationships change and things happen, and sometimes you're in a different, um, your relationship takes a different level sometimes, you know, and that's where we're at, and this is all a learning experience for him. So um, just don't shelter your kids for people that are sick, okay? Just don't, you're not doing them a favor. Yeah, that's a disservice. Hear that thunder? I think God upstairs even agreed on that one. <laughs> yep, he even has a sense of humor. I knew there was a comedy club up there somewhere. I mean, why else would all these comedians have passed at the same time? I mean, I guess God does have a sense of humor, right? 